0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and a very special guest. By way of the 904, this is a math teacher turned mega mortgage loan originator producer. By mega, I mean this dude does $100 million a year, even in years like 2022. He is a fellow podcast host. He is a fellow UCF Knight. He is my friend for the past 15 years, the one, the only Ian MacDonald. Ian, welcome to the Lone Officer Podcast. Thank you. I'm going to need you to follow me around and be my
1: hype man when I walk into places.
0: Yeah, if you had your personal hype man. One day when I make it in life, one one day day when I become successful, I really want to do this. I want to have an office that A, people come to because they want to come to it. But B, I want to pay for like a DJ. Shout out to my boy DJ. When they walk in the when they front door, everyone gets walk up music. Going yes, down. like I wish I could have a DJ on retainer, and like he or she was in the office from like seven forty five until like nine fifteen, and everyone. And then like there was like a, a camera downstairs, so when you get in the elevator to come up, right? The DJ knows you the to queue up, up, up your doors music. Doors opening up. Yeah, and yeah. before the yeah, how cool it's like would your that walkout. be? What would your walkout music be? It all depends on the day. All right. A go-to for me is probably Ti. Bring them out, bring them no. out, bring them out. Yeah, yep. like that right there. Um, Jay Z and Kanye have uh, this song called Otis that I love. Yep. So I'd probably do some Otis. How about you? You know, I, that's a tough one. You're from you, Jacksonville. You, you know, J- go to some Leonard Skinner? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Even though that was the most Duval thing ever, right? In mm-hmm. The opening of the Jaguar game. That was awesome. That was and that dude crushed it. He did a great job. But that was pretty funny that. We get a little flack for uh, having the guy out there ripping with his mullet on playing the national anthem. But I don't know anything in Jay-Z. Uh, I always think about, like, if life is a movie, too, right? Like, you think about, like, the opening scene or whatever. And I always thought Rusted Roots, Send Me On My Way would be
0: such a great, like, wake okay. waking up in the morning, yes. getting on my way a little boom. fast. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah i feeling a little good. I can hear that right now. Yeah. I'm not even, like, a send big Rusted Root. Yeah. Hey. hey yeah. yeah. Um, very nice. Well, thank you for stopping by. This is really cool. So this is how this all went down. Uh, yes, Ian and I have known each other for the past 15 years. Technically, I think we were fraternity brothers for maybe a day or two before Possibly. I turned my pen back in. Right. I think what really happened is I threw my pen at my girlfriend because we got into a big fight. And part of the fight was me rushing a fraternity. And then, like, the next night I was um, in Dane Knudsen's dorm right. hallway. Okay. Intoxicated. Trying to do my Spanish homework because like I, story. I had yeah. Spanish at 8 a.m. Right. And then by the third day, I was like, do I really want to do this? Can I How keep bad it, can do I I keep want this it? up for yes. semesters on end? And I didn't live on campus. So yeah. I lived a half an hour away. And at the end of the day, I just, just ended up becoming a de facto SIG app for the right. next four years where you guys were super nice and invited me to all your events, right. even spring break. The the oh my gosh like Halloween party the Halloween Black Friday yes, Black yeah, Friday yeah. party it's good um, times yep and then uh, we reacquainted because I was a rookie loan originator at this company called Home Bank yep a year and a half later you became a rookie loan originator so I left TV advertising right you left being a math teacher high right? high school math yeah high school math yep. teacher. Um, and here we are some 15, 18 years later. Sitting
1: in your office overlooking I-4 in
0: Waterstone's office and uh, making
1: a podcast, man. Yeah, pretty cool. So
0: here's what I want to give to the audience, right? And the audience is typically anybody who is looking to learn stuff that wasn't taught in high school, right? We call it the Lone Oster Podcast because at my core and your core, for the bulk of our profession and the way that we've made and generated our wealth – has been through being a mortgage loan originator. But what most people may or may not know is a mortgage loan originator is someone who gives financial advice right. to the consumer, to the average ordinary working American Yeah, advice guidance and education. Yeah. So we call it the loan officer podcast, but honestly people who tune in sometimes are people who are no different than our clients or they are our clients, right? They could be realtors. They could be fellow loan originators. Sometimes they're want to be mortgage loan originators. These are people who are in a different career path, but are very intrigued by what you and I have been able to do for, for a living. Right. And then anyone else that they touch, right? So it's all encompassing, but you have such a great story with many tie downs and takeaways. So our objective today is to be able to entertain. Got it. And educate. Got it. If we knock it out of the park, we're going to motivate and inspire, but I'm not putting that pressure on you Ian. I want to put that on your side. Don't put that on me. (laughs) Yeah. Don't put that on me um, because I do want to talk about briefly, for someone who is looking to enter this industry, you literally went from being a high school math teacher to one of the top, not 1%, you're probably top one half percent in our entire industry. When you talk about doing three consecutive years of over $100 million in volume, that's, that's hundreds of units. And in your, I call it your worst year, but in your best year, you were still in like 30% refi, right, or 40% refi. So it's not like you were one of these guys and girls who crushed it 99% refi working in a call center. Then you're disappeared. like, yeah, then yeah, now you're out of a career. Right. You're like, no, 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 I'm old school. I built this the old fashioned way. These are re- referral relationships that refer me and my team because I'm darn good at what I do. And you build a brand. And you built a brand, you built a following. So I'm curious to, 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 to learn about that and share that. Mm-hmm. So we may start there. Okay. And then what you and I are going to have to do because we're both long-winded is we're like, okay, we're going to spend eight minutes on that. All right, JC, you got to keep us timed here. Yes. I want you to talk about your podcast. Okay. You may or may not know this, but I love your podcast so much that I'm planning on going around the country with JC teaching others how to do it based on your success. And here's why. Ladies and gentlemen, you should tune into the Punchless podcast. But here's something really cool. JC and I brag about our million views last year, right? And you shared with me that to date, you all have done 24 episodes, roughly one episode a month. Right. And you've garnered 25, 22,505 downloads as of yesterday. 2,000, not 200,000, 2,000. Right. But in my opinion, you have one of the most successful podcasts that other people should be emulating. They shouldn't try to do what JC and I do. I mean, feel free to, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's hard. It's also a lot of work. And we have like crazy lofty goals that the likelihood of us achieving them, the odds are not in our favor. Right. Doesn't mean we're gonna give up, but they're not. Whereas what you're doing is bringing value to you, your referral partners, and more importantly, is allowing you and your co-host to better market and better brand yourselves within your community. It's easily obtainable. Yes. Easily yes, and attainable. it takes you how many hours a week or a month to do? If we do, if we record one episode a month, hour and a half, maybe two hours, maximum investment time. Have you received ROI for both your time and your money? Yes. Would you say it's a ten x ROI for your time and money? I would say so. From brand building. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Maybe may not. Always, it doesn't always. You know, and that's one of the things hard about ROI, right? Are you calculating on dollars? Are you calculating on exposure? Are you calculating on building your brand, your following? You know, everything stacks up. And that's something we can talk about, too, is, you know, we talk about, a lot of folks talk about light, work-life balance. One, I don't like that expression. I like life-work balance, right? And I also don't like the word balance because it's two ends of a scale. You have to integrate your life into your business. And when people think of Dustin Owen, they want to think of mortgage. When I see, when people think of Ian McDonald, I want them to think of mortgage as well. And so whether you're doing a podcast, whatever you're doing, it's stacking it up to that brand, Right, so it's hard on return on investment. Think about don't just think about dollars. Think about building a brand and building that impact you can. All make. right,
0: so we're going to circle back because that's right. number
1: two. All right,
0: and you just touched on number three, which is that team building aspect. It's where you are right now in your career. Right, right, because we have plenty of people who tune in that are just like you and I. They're old school vets. They're at a point in maybe life where work became a bigger priority than than outside of work did. Right. They're trying to rebalance. It's funny, I don't like the word balance either. I think we're always balancing. Right. I don't think you're ever in balance. Right. Um, with meaning there's times that work is, is taking precedent over over outside of work, right. family. Sometimes that family is pulling away from your work responsibilities. Right. So I do think as entrepreneurs, salespeople, business professionals, we have to be constantly balancing, which is why I love the, uh, the yin-yang symbol, right. well, because he- that to me is the, the struggle of work and family right. as it pertains to professionals.
1: Well, you only have so much bandwidth in life too. No matter who you are, you only have so much focus. And whether that focus, you're gonna put it onto the work or you shift it over to the family, you're taking away from it. And it's opportunity cost, basic economics, right? There's opportunity cost. If you're gonna put your time here, you're gonna take it away from here because you can't create more time. And that's one of the hardest things to understand is that you have a certain amount of bandwidth. How are you gonna spend it and Facts. invest So. It? We're gonna we're gonna
0: finish on that topic okay. on that. I'm getting ready to circle back to sixteen years ago. Start almost, right? January of two thousand and
1: six. So seventeen years ago. So seventeen yeah.
0: years ago. But before we do, we're talking about ROI in the podcast. Remind me, because I'm curious, right, if you added up why well, I spent this many hours. Right. I spent this much money you have met realtors and builders along the way through the podcast. Right. They had to have referred you somebody or some bodies. Right. And if you looked at what actually funded from that relationship, yeah. you could maybe come um, up with, with you could some, some with tangible. Yeah, revenue. Quantify it. You could. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, I want to talk about it because yours is how I would teach it. Right. Mine is not how I would teach it because I don't think mine is as easily accessible to most entrepreneurs, business owners, or, or 100% commission salespeople. Makes sense. And also, when you start something, you want to do something, you want to see
1: some gains and some results immediately. I mean, we're an instant gratification society, mm-hmm. right? And to build up what you have done takes yes, you've had a lot of success, but it takes a long amount of time, energy and effort putting it into there and financing and money and all that stuff, right? Where what I've done is very simple. And we went from zero to a hundred, meaning, you know, putting the foot put on the gas in a month. Yeah. Right. And we had instant gratification because yeah, we could hear ourselves and we were like, holy cow, we're on Apple yeah, podcasts. It's so cool. cool.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're JC and I are literally coming up on our three year anniversary in March. So March of 2023 okay, uh, is when we'll hit our three year anniversary. At the same time, we hit around 300 episodes. Right. And we're that's just awesome. now, I can tell people we have proof of concept. Three years into it, proof of concept. Those words don't enter into our production. (laughs) I I just now can tell people I can run you a business pro forma based on this particular uh, content creation company, if you want to call a podcast a company. Yeah. But that was three years of waking up every day saying we're going to be intentional, we're going to produce our two episodes, and we're going to try to get 1% better per day. Right. Understanding that it's a hobby right now. My wife's like, how is it a hobby? Like, walk me through that. I'm like, honey, it's a hobby because it's a lot of fun to do, and it costs me money. Right. No different than golf. No different than any other hobby someone may, may have. Right. You know, fishing, right? I got to need a boat. I need rods, reels, gas, et cetera. Right. Doesn't make me any money, but I have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, the difference with my hobby is maybe one day, maybe one day we could actually turn it into a at least self-sustaining Hobby, right? But it's funny you say that because when we're
1: when we talk on our podcast, we we mention about you know we don't have a budget, and mm-hmm. most people think well, you don't have a budget. Oh, you can spend it. no, literally, we don't have a budget. <laughs> Your budget zero. Their <laughs> budget is zero. Yes. And people say, well, why do you do it? I say it's fun. It's a hobby, and it's cheaper than playing golf, right? And it brings more enjoyment. That once a month or twice a month, whenever we depend, we get on a roll or not. That Matt, Jen, and I get together, it is some of our favorite times of the month where we sit there and we just have so much fun. Talking and it's great and it's enjoyable, so that's why I think of it as a hobby because it's enjoyable. It's cost relatively less than a lot
0: of other hobbies out there,
1: and why not?
0: Man, we're teasing the hell out of this. I'm literally going to circle back still to 2006 and six. six. Let's do it. Um, but I can't wait to dive into you, Matt and Jen, yeah, and and your podcast and maybe what others can learn because there's some very valuable takeaways and tie downs that we're going to address. I appreciate, but and, and, and but let's let's start off with. How and why? Yeah. What was it, 17 years ago, that drove you to make a career change?
1: Well, you, why is an important thing. Okay. Right? Everybody has their why, right? And that's one of the most key things in life is to understand your why, right? My why has always been my family. Okay. okay? And uh, we, at the time I got into an 06, we had one child. Okay. My son Jackson, who is now a, a senior in high school. Just okay? like my Jackson. Yep. Senior yeah, we high senior school. We were talking about yeah. that. Yeah. It's a lot of parallels. So. That was, my wife and I had a certain standard of life that we wanted to do. I was teaching high school geometry. My wife was teaching first grade, teaching kids to read and write. And one of us had to leave the classroom. And we said, well, figuring out who's going to leave the classroom. I said, well, you're, doing, you're teaching kids to, to read and write. That's way more important than me teaching math. So let me go figure out what I can do. And I was teaching, and there was a gentleman named Bill Campbell, who okay. was, uh, his wife, Dee Dee, was a marketing executive with HomeBank. And I really enjoyed hearing about that company. And I said, man, that sounds like a great place to work. I knew nothing about mortgage, right? But it sounded like a really good place to work. It was a publicly traded, faith-based company about doing the right thing. And I said, man, that, that makes me feel good. If I'm going to leave the classroom, I want to feel good about what I'm doing. And so I went along the interview process with Homebank and it turned out to be a, a great place for me to go work. And it was funny. When I started in the business, that was when they had the idea of giving base salaries, right? And they said, before I went over to training, they said, Hey, we're going to give everybody a $30,000 base salary. I was the only person excited about that because that was more than I was making teaching. It was 36,000. I'm yeah. sorry, 36,000. I was like, yes, this is awesome. And I don't even have to go coach or anything. And I get this. And then you say I can earn more like, this is amazing. Well, then I got out of training and they took that away. So it was sink or swim time. Right. Um, but that's really how I got there. It was just about trying to find something to improve our quality of life. Along with, uh, you know, I could still teach, could still educate, right? Yeah. Do good in the community, take time off, volunteer, do whatever. And it was just a, it was kind of a natural fit.
0: At what point in your career did you know this is for me? Like, like you almost got bit by the bug. Probably, button. yeah, I'd say
1: right when I came out of training. Yeah. I mean, you know, how many people did you have in your training class? Oh, 78, probably. Yeah, 70, 100,
0: something like that, yeah. right? And how many people are still in the industry? Today? Yes. Well, how about this? Within a year, right. Right, it was cut in half. Within two years, it was, it was Under cut 10%. by two-thirds. Yeah, it was... Today, yeah, there's probably 10 of us. Right. If that, 8 to 10. And, like, 10 of us it's because, like, my buddy Manny is actually working for the CFPB. So, technically, he's kind of in the industry, right. but not still as connected. an LO. He's right. still connected.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, I would say when I was in training, that's when I said, this is what I can do. I can be very good at this because it combines education. It combines sales and a friend of mine we were sitting in the airport once after one of our chairman club's events and he was watching me on the phone we got off the phone and he said I know what you do that's what's that he goes everybody's your friend he goes you make friends that's what you do I enjoy talking to people not everybody does right I mean but in our sales business you need to enjoy talking to people so I enjoy talking to people I love math I love figuring out problems right understanding how you can get somebody into a property you can you know Figure out the approval, right? It's a it's a word problem, like for math. So one get to educate, you get to you know be social, you get to meet people, you get to and that's also the amazing thing about our career too is that everybody has a story, and I love hearing people's stories. We get to talk to more diverse way you know paths in life than probably any other profession out there because we have to interview everybody every time we do a loan. You have to interview, ask them questions. And you build up that rapport, but through building up that rapport, not just getting the facts, the financial facts, you're also learning their story. And I mean, we've, I've done loans for people that are just awesome people that have these amazing stories that if I was doing another career
0: doing something else, pharmaceutical sales or something like that, I would never know those stories. I love that you said that uh, because I'm constantly trying to figure out what is the genetic DNA, of a high-producing, highly successful mortgage loan originator. And I, I've, I i think I have like 80% of it built. But you just hammered home something that you and I shared. I didn't know we shared this. I, too, genuinely love getting to know people. I, I love, love people's stories. I'm, I'm so inquisitive about, well, what do you do for a living? Like, our job has to ask you how much you make yeah. and where you work. Oh, yeah. But I then, because I care about knowing, I'm like, but what does that mean? How did you get into that? Did yeah. you have to go to school for it? And you know, and all of a sudden it's me taking down their information, but it's really me becoming their friend because all I'm showing them is I care about them, right. but really maybe I'm not becoming their friend I'm just really nosy and inquisitive, right. but you wanting to get to know people, wanting to figure them out as people is allowing them to trust you and if they trust you, then they're going to do, they'll do their loan with you and not somebody else. Had you had sales experience prior to jumping into the mortgage business?
1: Um, if I could teach a 13 year old to understand and enjoy geometry, that's probably the hardest sales job out there. Okay. Okay. No, so, fair enough. No matter what you do, you have sales, right? I convinced my wife to marry me. Okay. And Lord thankful. Yes. She, you know, we're on uh, 19 years, right? Plus. So Congrats on I that. mean, everything in life is sales, right? Yeah. You know, you're marketing yourself, you're putting yourself out there, you are trying out for a sports team, you are competing, you are trying to win. Right? And that's sales ultimately.
0: Did you play sports growing up? I did.
1: Yeah. 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 I what, mean, what, what, what were your uh, uh, Basketball, sports? football, okay. soccer. When I got to high school, it was mainly soccer. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you were also a competitor. Right. Right. You're, yeah, you're an athlete. You were coachable. You were competitive. Um, how about this? If you were to give advice to someone who is looking to enter into the industry, right? Maybe this is advice that you wish was given to you or it was given to you. What advice are you giving people? who maybe just like you, they're 26 years old, they've been teaching for four years, they realize that although they have a, f- a passion for teaching, they have a bigger passion for making um, gobs of money. Potential. Yeah. Potential, yes, yeah. if they're successful, if they make it. What advice are you giving that person today? I would say um,
1: work hard, right? One, work hard, consistency is key. The first five years in our industry, I equate to trying to climb a wall straight up. It is hard. You don't have anything to hold on to. Nobody wants. You're nobody's going to give you anything. You have to earn everything. Um, yeah, you might get some few referrals here and there, just happen, you know, low hanging fruit that falls in your lap. But for consistent business, it is hard. This industry is incredibly hard, and that's one thing that I'm not sure everybody understands coming into it, mm-hmm. uh, because they see successful loan officers. I did it when I came into the business, saw successful loan officers, saw what they were parking in the parking lot, saw how they were dressed, saw this. And I was like, man, that's pretty cool. I'm smart, I'm as smart as that guy. Yeah, I can right? do it, why can't I, right? It's hard. And so I tell people the first five years, be prepared to fail, right? You're gonna fail. And if you die every time you fail, you're never gonna make it, right? Take it, be a duck, let it run off your back, right? Understand it, have the experience, but don't hold on to it. Always be looking forward, right? So be prepared to fail but also be prepared to use that as towards your success. I think it's kind of the way I say it, um, but it's hard. That first five years, like straight up after five years, the incline or the decline, whatever you wanna call it, it shifts a little bit and you start being able to gain some traction, right? Then after 10 years, it gets a lot less hard climbing that wall and you're maintaining that business, you're maintaining that brand. And then after 15 years, it's really like you're all, you still have to work hard to get progress and make progress, but you're really kind of, from an incline standpoint, it's kind of plateaued, right? It's up to you to make the business because you've built the brand, you've got the longevity, you've got the, the staying power, right? But that first five years, be ready to, to work and hustle. Open houses, whatever you got to do, Diet Coke and a Snickers. I mean, we could talk about all the techniques we did from day one, hitting every open house I could on a Saturday and Sunday, going out there to meet everybody I could, um, working you know 80 hours a week. People talk about working a lot of hours. And I think that's one thing that, you know 70 hours a week whatever it may be and you hear a lot of people oh, i work a lot i work this and now you take a lunch break you do this you do that no i'm talking about being disciplined one of the great things that home bank taught me was get in the office you had to be in the office by seven for that sales call mm-hmm. right or not sales call the sales meeting yep. and not only did you have to be there you had to be ready because you're dressed play. you got to be dressed you had to be ready and you had to be ready to you know, hey, Dustin, tell us about your 60-second elevator speech, or whatever. You had to be on point. You mm-hmm. had to always be ready. So that type of training that we received is not around anymore. So you have to get other places. What you're doing on the Loan Officer Podcast is a great resource for originators or people looking to get into business. But be disciplined. you got to work hard and be prepared to not make any money. Be prepared to be told more times no than yes. And, but don't let that affect you because you can't die every time you're told no, right? Be a duck, let it run off your back. And I, a lot of times people say, I like, I love saying be a duck, right? Cause people think, oh, ducks you, know, you see them on the surface but they're working like hell underneath. Now I talk about being a duck cause you, have you ever seen a wet duck? No. They're in water all day long. Yes. But they're not wet, right? Cause they just let it run off their back and they keep on going. So that's why I talk about being a duck. So have a positive outlook. That's something that I think a lot of folks lack today. Um, I was having a conversation with a business owner who uh, owns a great insurance company up in northeast Florida, and we were talking about that the other day. And at the end of our conversation, he said, man, I love your enthusiasm and your positivity. It's hard right now. It's real hard. All right. I'm not sure sugar I'm not a Pollyanna. It's real hard. But at the same time, uh, once there's a guy who I, you know, I think of these people who affected your life along the way. There's a guy who uh, named Bob Cabrera, who ran Mortgage, right? I love Bob, Bob Cabrera. Is amazing. Is he still in the business? He's retired. Okay, congrats Good to Bob. Good for him, yeah. yeah. So Bob is amazing. One of my favorite people in yes. life, right? And one of the expressions, and I still say it almost every day when I wake up, is allow me to attack today with unbridled enthusiasm. Unbridled enthusiasm. You gotta be enthusiastic about what you're doing. And it rubs off, and you get
0: opportunities because of that. So I haven't answered your question, man. I'm sorry. No, dude. you did. No, you absolutely did. And then you hit something... Home that is near and dear to my heart, which is open, working open houses. Like, we've done an entire episode. Yeah. Because you did it 17 years ago. I promise you, it's the same 17 years later. Same basics, man. And if it's a part of your sales DNA, then you need to lean into it, especially if you're trying to grow your business. Last question as it pertains to you as the loan originator and how you got to where you're at, because I do want to hit on these other points and right. I do want to be cognizant of time, both yours, mine, and our audiences. You could have stopped at 10 million. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, if you are producing 10 million in volume in the mortgage industry, you are making more than 95% of single wage earners in the United States of America. It is a very good living. You had to have done some introspective, right? Because you have, you've not just climbed a mountain, you've climbed the mountain, Mount Everest, and you're at the top what makes you different what was it why didn't you stop at 10 million or 20 million he said you know what i can do 100 million and not just do 100 million but three years in a row your best year was 2020 right 2021 2021 yeah 153 153 million wow yeah in 2021 right okay how many units ish Two hundred and sixty something. Okay, so you got some big loan sizes there. You're kind of like California. <laughs> You're yeah. kind of like California I I te- with those Texas loan sizes. Size I wish I had Texas Right, because like loans. like my my friends right now in um, Columbus, Ohio. Which by the way, I don't have friends in Columbus, Ohio because that school's a joke. But if I had friends in Columbus, Ohio, for them to do one hundred and fifty million, it would have been literally like fifteen hundred units. Yeah. But nonetheless, don't yeah. get me wrong. The average mortgage loan originator does about 18 to 24 units. So you still 10x that. Um, But yeah, $150 What My question was, why didn't you stop like so many others do? What is it about Ian McDonald that? I think it comes back to that wanting to win, Mm -hmm. right? There is
1: something about when you're competing on a deal, it feels good to win. It feels good. I mean, we're helping people. At the end of the day, that's something we can't lose sight of, too, that we are – helping people with a necessity in life, shelter, right? Now, some is more modest than others, and some is more extravagant than others. And, but at the end of the day, people need a place to live. And we're helping them accomplish that. And I think if you lose sight of that, that's the bad thing, right? You gotta keep that in mind. Now, we're very fortunate to do what we do, and we are able to produce and earn what we can. Um, but man, I love I love winning deals. I mean, that's the fact of the matter, is that when you compete with somebody out there, and. You're going against another loan officer you're going out you know we're all competing right and when you win it feels good to win right and if you're good at something it feels good to be good at something too and very fortunate i came out of the gate um with home bank and had some great success that first year and
0: it was probably that four hour ride along you did with me yeah i'm probably going to take credit for all of your success right now today on this show i still get comments from yank that i got to put them down for a quarter so yeah yeah yeah. um (laughs) But uh,
1: yeah, so I mean, you enjoy that success and you're like, wow, this is obtainable. And yeah. I think it also because I came from, I think a very, I don't wanna say humble, but just a very basic life, mm-hmm. right? We, my wife and I were both teachers and it was like, wow, look what we can do. And the reason I say we, because it's a team sport. Yes, And I really saw my my wife now stays at home, runs house. She's a CEO, COO. Yeah. I'm just the CFO and yeah. depending on the day, We know what that stands for, right? So, um, but the day she decided to stay at home and take care of the the family and run the household, allowed me to concentrate on my career. It's not that I disengaged, we talked about that time. I didn't disengage from the family, but it alleviated being a, she was a teacher and being a teacher mom is one of the hardest things anybody can do because you don't just have your children, you have 20, 30 Mm -hmm. children. And so it really allowed me to say, hey, let me concentrate more on my career. Very fortunate from day one. I remember I closed my first loan when I came out of training month one, right? And I remember that deal to this day. And it built upon that, but it was just really enjoying what I did. I enjoy people, uh, enjoy building relationships because that's ultimately the key to our business is relationships, right? And then enjoy winning. I mean, at the end of the day, it's also addicting. You win, it's addicting, right? You wanna win more, right? And not only do you wanna win more, but then you say, look, and you get back to your why, right? And my why is my family. And what can I provide to my family? And I want to provide them. Everybody says it, it sounds kind of cheesy. I want to provide them with opportunities. Yes. You know, I really want my family to be able to have any experience they want to have. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to give it to them, but I want them to have the ability to have that. If if we, uh, we if you know, we're fortunate enough to have it. Right? Yes. And so that comes back to the why. So you mix all that together, and it's just like, man, I'm good at what I do. I enjoy it. I like winning and I like the fruits of my labor. Like, yeah, Now this
0: This industry gives people the opportunity to earn life-changing money. When right. I say life-changing, not changing your life or your lifestyle as much as it could be changing your community's life because you can now tithe better. You can give back to the less fortunate at a, at a higher amount, both time and money. Yes. You can change your children's future trajectory, maybe not by Giving them this massive wealth inheritance, but making their life in which you've enriched it through travel and experiences and, and, you know, stability, right? Because you weren't having to jump around and move from city to city and pull them from school to school. And, you know, that to me is very intriguing for guys like us, but I'm going to summarize your success. I want to go back real quick to something you
1: just said. And it's very important too: the ability to give back of your time and energy, because I think that a lot of times we we are in a very fortunate industry where we can make a great living but recognizing that we also have give us the ability to go donate our time to mentor to whether it's financially or with our time I think that's something that we everybody who has success you look at the most successful people in life right very few of them are or let's say the majority of them give back yeah. In, a, in an amazing way of their time, their talents, whatever it may be.
0: So I think that's incredibly important. Yeah. And, and my take is the money is the easy part, but the money is also the lazy part. Right. Oh, it's easy for me to write a check, but you might not just need a check. You may need to hear my stories and my experiences. Right. And I encourage people that are in your seat and my seat and others alike. Please make sure you're giving back both in time and money. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. If all you can give is money, there's yeah. a lot of people who can give time who don't have money. Right. But preferably it's, it's us doing both. But no, what I was going to summarize, and then we're going to move on to, to um, chapter two of today's episode. But I would summarize your particular success if I was you know, trying to mold another Ian McDonald in Spokane, Washington, or in Tucson, Arizona, or Plano, Texas, or Fort Myers, Florida. Right. I, I would say you're the type of person who, A, if it was told to you to do it, you did it and you did it at your best of your ability. Right. Regardless of industry, probably dating back to when you were middle school, right. you're probably a really good student. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to say this about you, which is you're a competitor. You don't know what it's like to not be the best at whatever you can do because your mindset only goes there. If you stayed in education, I'd be shocked. had you not won teacher of the Year twice right twice for your school once for your county and probably were nominated for the state of florida because that's who you are right right but that's who we look for when when you're a young newly licensed loan officer and you're trying to get someone to take a chance on you i i want to know regardless of industry would you have been that person who was recognized as being the best because you didn't have it in you to not be that right right now you may have strived to be the best and ended up being the top three out of 300 which by the way is one of the best right um, so I would give you that. And, you know, so it's like you do as you're, you're told, meaning you're coachable. Right. You only know how to strive to be the best, and your competitive is all get out. Like your competitive drive, you could have got happy. You, you could have been content, closing ten million dollars and tripling what you were making as a as a teacher. Right. But then you would have looked up and seen how far down the ladder you were. I'm like, well, I can't even accept this, yeah. even if I don't want to make that all that money is gonna come with it. I can't accept not being recognized at just being damn good at what I do. Well,
1: I think the most competitive, person you're most competitive with, at least for me, is myself. Correct. Like, I I drive myself and I think you talk, a lot of people talk about motivation and things like that. You know, motivation, is, well, I, I'm horrible with expressions, mm-hmm. okay? But you know, it's internal. It's If you try to get external motivation, it's only temporary, right? So you gotta get your internal motivation. But I think that's that's a big piece of it is just, you compete with yourself well, and where yes, do you, what standard and do you hold yourself to and i'm horrible i mess up quotes like nobody's business okay like i can't get a quote right yeah. to save my life but there's an ex- there's a, a a quote from martin luther king jr talked about being a street sweeper if i'm going to be a street sweeper i'm going to be to the heavens above recognize yeah. i'm the world's best street sweeper whatever it may be right and it's about doing a job if i've made pencils dude i am going to be the best pencil maker out there in this world right so whatever you do be the best at it because why do it and have fun that's the other part have fun. have and have fun, have fun. no i
0: absolutely love that and um it rings true in every industry it's advice you give a 13 year old you give it to a 43 year old everyone everyone in between all right so we're going to pivot now all right so i do want to spend some time on the podcast and this is going to be really for for the people to geek out on yeah okay because you launched your podcast with how many other people one other person, Matt Birdwell. Okay, so you and Matt launched this podcast. You are a lender. Matt is a builder. Yep. Matt's also one of your clients. Yes, and yes. a good friend. And a good Probably friend. My longest standing relationship within the custom home industry. Y'all have fun together. We do. You have great synergy. Yes. That matters. By the way, there's a, hey, if I'm taking notes at home, I'm gonna write that down. Oh, find someone. You like. You like <laughs> that you have good synergy with. Right. So people are gonna, if they do tune in, enjoy the banter back and forth. But you also found a business relationship that you now can go deeper on. You can anchor down. Um, Cool. And then you picked up a third along along the way. Do you have a a third?
1: Yeah. Jen Jen O'Neill. So the way it started was two years ago, Matt and I... Being friends as well, we were talking about, hey, we should do a podcast. And
0: let's just, re, let's reframe this. Okay. Two years ago, after watching various episodes of the <laughs> Loan Officer Podcast, yes, I was talking to my good friend and referral source Matt. And I said, Matt, this guy D.O. down in Orlando is crushing it with his podcast. It's like you're I inside think, my mind. I think we should do one. Yes. <laughs> okay. So
1: back to the reality. <laughs> back to reality. Yeah. okay. No, so we were saying, like, let's do a podcast. And we we're like, all right. And he's like, yeah, let's do one. What do you want to talk about? And we we're like, we can tell dad jokes and be a dad podcast. Or let's talk about custom home building and remodeling. Okay. Because that's something we both know. And we said, all right, that would be fun. That's not out there in our marketplace. We could add some value back to the market as well as be the expert. And I was like, do you know how to do a podcast? He's like, no, do you? I'm like, nope. And so we, he went and met with a, what turned out to be a mutual friend. We didn't know it at the time, this guy named Nick, um, who's a financial advisor, but Nick is passionate. He, If he's gonna do something, he's gonna do it to the nth degree, okay? So he gave Matt a picture of what the equipment we needed. So Matt and I met and I said, all right, I'll buy this half. You buy that half.
0: And this was around. And how much money did you spend roughly? uh, You know, probably 300 bucks a piece. Yeah, you're talking
1: about headset. headset, four four microphones, four headset, a Focusrite, a red red box, I call it. Yeah, which, by
0: the way, our Focusrite, if you're watching on YouTube right now, is like literally right here next to Ian so Ian came in today he goes oh my god i'm so excited you use the same exact, I feel legit i feel legit i have the
1: same I don't focus even right. know
0: i don't even know what that thing is called do you yeah. is it a mixing board it's is a, it a, it's a red box it's a red box that's what we call it the red box we call it the red box yes. jc's off off camera right now jc what what do we call that thing it's a scarlet it's a scarlet scarlet is that the technical name it's a scarlet it's something that you can plug your mic and headphones into and okay, cool. See, right. And make sure you're not clipping. And make sure you're not clipping, whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. All right. I don't
1: know. I've heard that term once. I use it all the time. and I sound like I'm a professional. All right. So, so, Matt and I, we ordered this equipment. It started showing up through Amazon on our doorstep. And my wife, Aaron, his wife, Darla, were like, What are, what are you guys doing? <laughs> what are you guys up to now? And we're like, Oh, we're doing a podcast. Yeah. And they're like, You guys are idiots. What are you doing?
0: Aaron's like, Oh, you mean like Dustin down in Orlando? Yeah. No, she didn't exactly. say that. Yeah. All
1: right. But she's like, What do you, you don't know how to do that? I'm like, We're going to learn. Yeah. We're going to learn. So, Matt and I got the equipment put it literally in a box, put it in my office, and we said, we're going to meet once a week for two hours until we learn how to do a podcast. Every Wednesday we met, and we were literally trying to plug cords in and didn't even know how they didn't fit. Oh, we got to order a new cord. And we finally got to the point where we could hear ourselves on our headset. It was the most amazing thing ever. We're like, we can hear ourselves. This is so cool. Well, right about that time, Jen, who we knew through the Builder Association, which is we do the podcast in kind of in parallel with the builder association because it's a way to highlight members of the builder association okay. and bring recognition to the builder association. Yeah, so okay.
0: so why I love Ian's podcast and why JC and I are going to travel the country basically um ripping yeah. stripping and then sharing from you is because you do it the way that a realtor could do it in right. Topeka, Kansas. The way that a financial advisor yeah. could do it in Middletown, Rhode Island, Right. although financial advisors have a ton of red tape that usually makes it very cumbersome to try to do a podcast. Right. I've learned that by having financial advisors on as guests, Okay. but a commercial realtor could do it. A mortgage lender could do it like right. any, prof- an attorney could do it. And you don't have to have this like national platform where you're trying to be like the next Dave Ramsey or the next I don't even do Howard. It as,
1: I don't even do it as I do it as a host.
0: I don't even do it as a mortgage originator. Okay, but, so, but you are leveraging the podcast to connect with people that you either already work with and you're trying to solidify a relationship, mm-hmm. or you're trying to go deeper with that relationship, or you are using your podcast to attract people to get to know who you are as a person, but also what you do as a profession. Indirectly, it's, yeah, it's, indirectly. It, I, indirectly. It's, yeah, it's kind of secondary.
1: It's yeah. not. The the main focus we did it was we wanted to do something in a hobby, right, for fun. And we wanted to give back in terms of interview people. And we love listening to the interview-style podcast, Mm -hmm. right, Uh, How I Built This or whatever it may be. We love listening to those. And we said, hey, let's do something along those lines. Um, And so we decided let's do this. And we also all serve on the board of the Custom Builder and Remodeler Council at the Builder Association. So we said, hey, what better platform than to have, guest finding guests is hard sometimes and figuring out who you're going to have on you've obviously ran out of guests so i showed up today <laughs> so but you find you know it helps finding people right and figure out who you're going to have so we said let's find some people within our industry and so we did that but jen came on and uh she, she said hey can i help with the podcast and we we're like well do you know anything about podcasts she's like nope we're like fit right in <laughs> and so she came in and, work. yeah and so then she saw me and matt being neanderthals trying to plug you know cords in and stuff and she was like, hey, that guy, Nick, that showed you what to get, why don't you ask him how to use it? And we're like, man, you're so smart. Like, that's such an easy idea. And you know what they say, if you want something done, get a woman involved, right? Okay. And so Jen got involved, got us started. So she was the linchpin to us getting rolling. And Nick came in within two weeks. Like, we spent two hours, you know, and he showed us how to get started, created our template on our laptop. And so, boom, we're off and rolling. Um, we At first, we tried... To understand how to produce a podcast and how to level and how to get the ums and alls and all that stuff out of there, but we quickly realized we're not good at that, and that's a lot of time, and, no, and effort. He's a home builder, and you're a lender, and, and that's what you need. We're to be doing this on. in we're doing this in 2021. Okay, 2022. We, we're busy, pretty busy. Yeah. yeah, we're pretty busy, and so we didn't want to invest that time. So we started looking around, and I found. Uh, an online service that was called Next Day Podcast.
0: Okay, so okay. Hey, there's there's a slowdown. Yeah, Next Day Podcast, Podcast, and how much they do a launch package. Okay, all right, and I forget the price of it. Reasonable, yes, yeah. yeah, I don't
1: under know. a thousand bucks. Oh yeah, I mean five hundred bucks, six hundred okay. bucks, there something we go. like that. Yep, maybe I, don't know, I forget what it is, right? But it's probably gone up. But anywho, Next Day Podcast, and the the part that was attractive to that was their launch package, which I think was six episodes. They would help you uh, one find music okay okay which like
0: intro and outro music in, intro and outro yep. music
1: and they would help you record an intro and an outro okay so all we had to do is fill the sandwich with the meat and have the middle of the podcast and so they keep on file your intro and your outro and you we record an episode we download it you know we record it through the laptop I download it as an mp3 and then at night I just go in and send it into them I have to get they help you get set up with buzzsprout or whomever to host it and you send it into to them, and literally the next day, the way they do it is they have people all over the world, right, different time zones. You know, some people are in the future, some people are in the past, whatever. And the next day, you will have a professionally produced podcast, leveled, ums and ahs out, mixed with your intro and outro. And,
0: and what does that cost you per episode?
1: Uh, there's different levels. Okay. Well, one thing is funny that, you know, if, if you ever listen to the Punch List podcast, it will never go over 30 minutes. Because you go over 30 minutes, you got to pay more. Okay? Oh, okay, so there's little things there, because when we say we don't have a budget, we literally don't yeah. have a budget, so we want to be under 30 minutes, so every episode, Matt records with his phone, is sitting there, and we don't do video, and we get to five minutes, Matt's going, five minutes, two minutes, like, we're counting down, we don't want to go over 30 minutes, because they will, you can be charged more, so anywhere from 90 to $120, depending on the level of service you want, per, per episode, per episode, and a
0: 24-hour turnaround, a 24-hour turnaround, so literally... A loan officer, a realtor, a financial advisor, an attorney, you name that sales professional, solopreneur, I like to call right. them, 100% commission typically. Yep. Or it could be a chef who owns his or her own restaurant or bakery. Yeah. Nonetheless, you can launch your own podcast for basically $1,000. Less than $1,000. You thousand bought bucks. 300 bucks in equipment. Six episodes plus. Yeah. 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 And, and then in. and then you could do one a month, and it's going to cost you somewhere around 150 bucks a month. Yeah. So 120 you have to be, bucks a month. You yeah. have to be able to ask yourself... Am I going to get, well, up front, $3,000 of value the first year, and then going forward, $1,800 of value going forward. And you have a focus, right? Red box. Red box. Scarlet, we learned. John calls it a scarlet. You have four headphones. You have four mics. Right. You use what service for your intro and your outro? Next day podcast. Next day podcast. You upload your produced podcast to what? What Buzz Sprout? Buzz Sprout. Right. JC uses Podbean. Right. And then your podcasts end up on Spotify and Apple. Spotify, Apple, um, Google Play, Google, Stitcher, Amazon. Amazon, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Anywhere, so you anywhere you
0: listen to your favorite podcast. Anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Now, within your community, whether it's going to youth group, whether it's going to men's softball, or whether it's going to the Home Builders Association or everywhere in between. You are now not just Ian McDonald, the badass mortgage loan originator. You're also a podcast host, and you have a podcast name, and you have hats made, and you can use That's your That's when pod- we got legit when we got hats hey, made. Hey, you know you're legit. Like, you get a hat made, you're hey, legit. are you, like, JC is so anal with our hats that he spends a lot of money, and he has to get them from lids. Because I if like they're that. not from I lids, like then they're not quality hats. Well, we. Which is why they're very difficult to give out for free. T-shirts, yo, if you want a T-shirt, hit JC up. Hats, you better be someone special. Well, I can tell you, we got our
1: hats made. If you think about the industry we're in, right, and also dealing with residential construction, the only thing that was probably harder than getting a hat made in 2021 was building a house. Okay. okay? Like, it was tough. Yeah. And we finally, like, the the marketing person we know, she was like,
0: I've got this stash of these gray hats. What do you think? They're perfect. And I'm like, let's do it. Yeah, you they're know? perfect. So they're great. But, but you can now use your podcast as a way mm-hmm. to to pay homage or give thanks to someone valuable in your life. Because look, people love to come on podcasts. They are fun to do, right? They're really fun. And then what you're able to do is take that content and potentially chop it up and use it on your social platforms, right? So it's, it's less about how many people actually downloaded this to listen to it. Right. It's more about, oh, I was able to invite someone on. Well, and that's a key point. You talk about in our industry and in mortgage, uh, we
1: I always talk about it when you have an event, right? We've talked about a, a hosting events. The invitation is worth way more than the event. Yes, because you get to reuse that invitation multiple times, and the fact that somebody's honored that you invited them, right? And so the podcast itself, the ability to talk about the podcast, the ability to, you know, I, I ask people, my kids roll their eyes, and I'm like, so Dustin, do you like to listen to a podcast? And the kids are like, oh, my gosh, he's yeah. not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, have you ever listened to the Punchless podcast? And yeah. then you talk about it. So it gives you something to talk about, right? Um, but what's cool about it, too, that I've, I've – so I have actually started doing a second podcast for fun. Okay. All right? I don't know if I told you about this one. So one of the organizations that I volunteer with is called Investing in Kids, Inc. It's okay. an education foundation for St. John's County School District. And uh, through there, I'm, I mentor and volunteer at Take Stock in Children. And there's a gentleman named Jim Wheeler who runs the programs. And probably about – Over the summer, we were just talking, and I was like, Jim, have you ever thought about doing a podcast for Inc.? And he said, no, why? And I said, to spread the message of what you guys do within the educational community. And he's like, all right, so now here's something I have learned that I think I'm a little decent at, that I know how to do it. I can connect the wires, right? And I'm like, Jim, I've got the equipment. Once a month now, we put out the Inc. podcast, where we talk about a different program that investing in kids. That's
0: a whole nother scope of idea. Like, I was i was just trying to tell you know, realtors loan officers financial advisors attorneys etc how for a thousand dollars and this type of equipment and you go to this service and and upload through buzzsprout, buzzsprout or Podbean. Yeah. i don't even and, upload they upload it yeah they, i don't even i don't i just send it and i say please upload, it and, and they upload a, it and what i loved about it is is it gives me a reason to call people who are either my dream client my dream referral source or just someone i'm trying to connect with right and instead of being boring and stale and saying let's grab coffee to pick your brain You're like, hey, I had this podcast, I'm looking for a guest. I think you'd be awesome. Right. And then from there you let nature take over, you build the relationship, and hopefully that relationship comes back to you at some form where you can bring value to their business, they can bring value to your business and you expand your network because he or she with the biggest network tends to also have the biggest net worth. When I think of it also from a branding standpoint, ultimately at the end of the
1: day, I do a quite a bit of, hopefully, I think a quite a bit of construction perm finance, okay. custom home building, remodeling, financing. And that's a very small niche space. And it's a wonderful space to play in. It's a, I love it. I love the business. It's a relationship business. It's not
0: widgets. It's not whatever. It's a relationship. Yeah. Because uh, roughly one third of your business is you helping people finance. Two thirds. Two thirds of your business yeah. is helping. So you are a CP loan expert. Right. We could have done an entire episode on CP loans. Right. We didn't do it because I did one like two years ago with Eric Putt, Okay. which, by the way, if you want a, a good episode, it is one of our earlier episodes, so it probably won't be as clean as this one. We were still finding our voice, but Eric Putt's uh, a buddy of mine, and like you, he crushes it in the CP world. Right. So we had him on and just dedicated an entire episode to it. You and I could have done that because right. you crushed the CP market. Um, I'm sorry, I cut you off. I'm about branding. No, but I was just talking about branding and being, and when you any
1: it's hard what you know the expression you know if you're a jack of all trades you're a specialist in none, or something Mm -hmm. like that and i think within the origination field we need to have some areas that we specialize in right because people want to know you if they just know you as a loan originator that's tough right but if they know you as a construction perm specialist or a doctor mortgage specialist or a community lending specialist or whatever it may be that's, that's part of your brand, right? And that's and the CP world is a very hard world to break into. But once you get into that world, it's a great relationship business. And so part of what I do is what I want is to be known as an expert. I want to be known. I want to build my brand as being an expert. So by being just a host, and I don't necessarily even – I don't talk about mortgage on the podcast. Um, just being the host of a construction perm or I'm sorry, a custom home and remodeling podcast helps elevate my status as being an expert. right and it gets me on that level so it helps build that brand which again getting back to you know overall life right you want to be known as who what you do and as part of your your brand i think it helps out
0: no i love it that's i mean so many other aspects that my brain's already going like you mentioned the charity right right so you're like well i figured out for here now i can go deeper in other relationships because maybe i can introduce them to it teach them how easy it is and you're developing another skill set you're leveraging that skill set to build relationships and bring value and if you focus on building relationships and bringing value to others i promise you it comes back it comes back and yes. you're
1: building within that within that community and you know on that podcast we're going to interview educators we interview people who support the education foundation and it helps build that network of folks and those relationships and authentic relationships i think that's incredibly important too because if you lead with authentic relationships that's going to get you way farther than being
0: insincere, right? And 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 lastly, you are creating a library of content that if you do a good job of cataloging it, the next conversation you have with that new prospective client, if something came up like, "Oh my gosh, we actually covered this on an episode yeah. of my podcast 9 months ago," you then just click, drag and send them the link. All of a sudden, you just solidified yourself as the SME, as the subject matter expert. Right? This is fantastic, Ian. So we are running long. Yes. Sorry. But I did want to get to chapter three. All right. Okay. So we have like three minutes to do chapter three. Okay. But this is near and dear to you because you are in your 40s. Yep. And you are a family man. And if things go well, you'll be an empty nester and you crush it in production. But there has to be a time where it's like, look, you closed all that volume with, I think you told me, one and a half assistant in 2020. Yeah. In 2020. How many in 2022? Two. Two. Yeah. Right, so there was 3 of you. Oh no, I'm sorry. 2022. We brought a third one on. Oh, in, no, not, not 2022. 2021. 20, that was your breakout. Yeah, that was gosh, your biggest you year. Yeah. 2021, we brought a third one on. During okay. In that year. Okay, cool. So that's good for people to know. Yeah. Like, but but in 2020, you still did over 100 million dollars with just one and a half assistants. Right. And, and or, or we junior say we're LOs half, or yeah, or team her on LOs. In the beginning of 2020. Okay. Yeah. Very good. But you know a thing about thing or two about team building. Right you know a thing or two about figuring out work-life balance. right? Um, For those that are at that point in their career, based on your experience, knowing that we only have three minutes, what advice could you give someone as it pertains to both work-life balance, what you've struggled with, what you've also overcome, and also team building, what you struggled with and what you've overcome?
1: Yep. So life-work balance is one of the easier ones for me, right? And I I love saying life-work because life's more important than work. Okay, so understand that don't take away you know opportunity cost you can always take what you have to take away from something to give somewhere else but don't take away from life enjoy it um you know we all have examples in our lives that people left our lives too early right and it's a great reminder and we get into it for that little bit oh i'm going to live life to the fullest i'm going to do it but then it fades don't let it fade enjoy life right and give that and give that same energy to your family the ones you love right so that's important Um, From building a team standpoint, it's really hard. The divorce rate of teams is higher than that of marriages, okay? And so that's what I've heard. So you have to find somebody you trust. For me, it was, I got to a point where either I was (laughs) gonna have a heart attack, or I needed to get somebody I could trust on my team. And. Um, really what I was looking for at that time, I had built my brand by this point. I built my brand that I'm Ian McDonald, I'm yep. the loan officer. I built my you brand. You have
0: your following, you have your past client database, you're crushing it. it. Yeah. Yep. Tim,
1: the guy, Tim is, yep. uh, is the loan officer on my team. Incredible dude. Um, shout out to Tim Delp. Tim Delo home banker. Yeah. yeah yep. There's a common right. thread here, right? Yeah, there's you know, a, common there's thing. a common thread, but shout out to Tim Delp. Um, so when Tim and I started talking, I first approached him. I, I think what I said to him was I don't need a lead singer. I don't need a lead guitar. I need the world's best drummer. I need a Ringo Starr and that's what I wanted. I didn't want somebody who, and that's hard in sales because typically in sales people are alpha you know, mm-hmm. characters, right? They wanna be that lead dog and they wanna do that. That's that nature of wanting to win. Um, but I found somebody in Tim who has been a great compliment to my business and also he was looking for the life work balance as well. So we were able to help each other and uh, it's been great since. So um, find somebody you trust. Right. And find somebody that you that and have a defined expectation and set those expectations up front, because the last thing you want to do is get into something and say, oh, wait a second. This isn't what either of us wanted. Right. And so it took time for Tim and I to work through and talk through that. But when we did, we said, all right, that's great. And at the time, I brought him on. I already had two wonderful loan coordinators, Jan and Jennifer, and we brought Kimberly on. Uh, about the same time, just because the production volume warranted it. Somebody, So
0: Janet, Jennifer, and Kimberly Kimberly, yep. clean up the mess that you and Tim make. No, they're, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, what
1: I always say, Henry Ford would be proud, right? Yes. Because
0: nobody duplicates each other.
1: Everybody has a position. Everybody has a role. Nobody duplicates each other. And I think that's important because I think of a loan process as an assembly line. Has to be. Has to be. Everybody's every business, every
0: successful it. business needs to be assembly line. It's the yeah. best thing Ford gave us. Yeah. And so we're Besides working the on Besides the F-150. That. Well, there you go. So, yeah. And the, uh, what do you say, the Explorer ST too? Yeah, yeah. yeah Explorer ST. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, everybody's doing their job. Everybody's doing a role and everybody does it as to the best of their ability. And my job is to sell. That's my job is to sell and form relationships, genuine relationships. And that's what I go do. That's what Janet, Jennifer, and Kimberly allow me the time to do. So I still take every loan application. When I interview a customer, I take every loan application. I'm old school. I write it all down. Then I put it into the computer. I do send some people online if they choose to do an online application, but not many people do. I, I I like that interaction because that's when you build that rapport. So I take it submit the file, uh, you know structure it, do the income because I want to make that, that's on me. That mm-hmm. is my file, that is my name on it. I need to make sure that it's structured properly. So I do that. Tim does the same thing um, and we submit it in. Jennifer takes it, submits it in. Janet handles our new construction information with our builder, you know customer items, things like that from a new construction standpoint. We do some production build but we do majority custom home financing. Um, and then Kimberly is really a communications expert. She helps make sure our communication runs strong. And so, uh, how much,
0: sorry to cut you off. How yeah. much time did you spend building out these systems and processes? 17 years. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Literally S- still tweaking on them, man. Yes. Like, yeah. Every, and, and then how that's
1: much? one thing this year has done with it's been slower,
0: right? Is that fine, slower? You only funded 103 million, not 150 100, 107, million, 107, 107. Right. Who's yeah. counting, yeah.
1: but no, it's been a slower year. So you fine tune those things. Yeah. You go through and you say, how do we get better every single day? How do we get better? And. You fine tune this process, whether it's, you know, your stock emails that you send on a pre-approval, right? And you have this and you figure out the verbiage in there. And you, oh, you know what? Hey, actually, I should have used this language or I should have done this, condensed this, or I should do this, right? And you learn those things and you fine tune the system and you continue to do it. And so when you say, how long have I been doing that? Day
0: one. Yep. So regardless of your team being you and one assistant, you... A team loan officer, which is what I would call Tim in my world, yep, and then you all have three assistants that various roles right. that they play, right? Um, and we have a processor. Her yeah. job is to process, to process. But those systems you started building 17 years ago, right? And then when you became overwhelmed, you were going to have a heart attack. You slid one person in and said, "You take this piece off my plate." You said another person. And I always in. knew that I wanted to take that one piece and
1: make it better. Yeah. Like I was well, doing it. Yeah. I want to make it better. If
0: you offload it and we teach this a whole nother episode and we do this in coaching, it it needs to be better than what you would have right. done. I mean, that is uh, th- that is the I mean, I can hold Kevin Murphy more accountable than I can hold myself. Right. So he is technically when it comes to blocking and tackling a way better loan officer than I ever was. Because that person in the mirror, when I talk to him, man, he pushes back on me. Right. When I go to talk to Kevin, we have that that respect and that rapport that if I ask for something, he's going to deliver. Right. So, um, no, I love that. And then my last question was, how much time do you spend weekly? Like, do you do team meetings? Do you do yeah. huddles? Like, how do you all make sure that you're always staying cohesive? Every Monday morning at 830 in the morning, we have our pipeline call. Okay. Which is
1: me, Tim, Janet, Jennifer, Kimberly, and Madeline. Okay. And he's our processor. He's your processor. Yep. yep. And we get on the phone at 830 in the morning, and we walk through… Not every loan on the pipeline. We walk through the win ones, right? What's important now, the next month, whatever it may be. You know, you have Mm -hmm. that timeline that you look at. And if there's anything else we need to talk about, new files coming in, but we go through every single one of them. I know exactly where every file is. I know what's going on with it. I might not be knee deep in it, but I know what's going on. So my referral partner calls me and they say, hey Ian, what's going on with the Smith file or whatever? I say, hey, this is where we're at right now. Okay, and we can talk about that. So there's, we do that uh, every Monday, we have a working through Teams, through the Teams app, mm-hmm. or, uh, we have a working spreadsheet that has the files for that month, you know, we break them out to purchase, construction, refinance, and it has, not want say milestones, but you have your ICD, you got all that initial yeah. approval, appraisal, yep. you got all that stuff, right? So we get to that, and we keep, that's constantly being updated, and every team member has access, everybody updates it, so that way we know what's going on with that. So there's constant updates going on, but we have only one week, once a week meeting. And, uh, and I do that, that, that pipeline
0: that you you run
1: that. I run that Sunday nights. I get on my computer Sunday nights, everybody's to bed. I get on my computer. first thing I do every night is I make my to-do list for the next day. So I have that already printed on the printer when I show up to the
0: office. Second thing, there's something else to write down. If you made it this far in this episode, which I know we're long. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's good. It's yeah. really good. I mean, I'm fine with that. I'm blowing through a couple other meetings and people are gonna be pissed at me, but I'm gonna blame you. There you So go. they'll hate you there and you not go. me. Sweet. But, um, no, I loved that. This, this, this is what successful people do to do list, right? My to do list is done every day at five 30. Yep. At 10, I look at my calendar cause I'm packing my gym bag and I didn't know what clothes to pack. Right. Cause I dressed for the occasion. Yeah. I laid my clothes out the night before too. It's funny. Yep. But, but so you do your to do list at 10 o'clock at night, once everyone's in bed and every Sunday, you'd spend time methodically preparing for your pipeline. Movement. I go through every
1: loan on that pipeline and I go into the system and I read the notes and I make sure if it's failing validation for the ICD every Sunday night, I'm figuring it. I'm the one filling out that pipeline form. Now during the week, the
0: team does, but every week I go through every, loan. by the way, I'm so sorry. ICD initial CD, uh, initial closing, disclosure, initial yeah. Closure, yeah, disclosure. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, geeking out on me. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I go through everything and I read, make sure all right hey the appraisal is ordered why is it was its due date if it's not in yet why do we have insurance and I'm not micromanaging I just do it for my own knowledge because I'm the one ultimately again responsible it's my name on that referral right yeah. I'm the one handling it for the builder for the real estate agent so I want to know what's going on so I spend probably a couple hours every Sunday night just hammering away getting that ready and then the next day we go over it. I expect the same from Tim Tim does the same exact thing and when we have our meeting we have everything laid out for us and we just walk through it and then it's the players on the team each you know
0: pulling their their uh doing their job that's awesome last question for you what's next what uh, how, how much longer are you going to run at this rate in mortgage before yeah. before it's time to uh spend more time whether it's in spain or you told me earlier that you you founded a road trip up in uh scotland yeah. what's uh Pretty awesome yeah what, what what does the future look like for Ian e. mcdonald i got uh, my goal, my plan, I think we always have to
1: plan, um, and that's one thing. I think I might have heard you talk about this exit strategy, too. Yes. Not just yeah, interest, what's your exit. exit strategy, yeah. big dog? I'm still trying to figure that part out, but I have 10 years. What I say is I've got – I'm 45. I've got 10 years of hyper-focus that I want to go hard for 10 years until I'm 55 at that point, point, hopefully my uh, both my kids will be off the unofficial or off the official payroll, yes. right? Hopefully independent, doing yeah. their own thing, right? And Aaron and I can enjoy life. Uh, we had kids young and kind of intentional, and that's one word I've heard you use multiple times, be intentional in your life, right, and be intentional in what you do. But hopefully when I'm 55, I can have the choice. I think that's a big thing. I might choose to stay doing mortgages, right? I mean, that's cool. Why not? It's a great industry. Or
0: I choose to go back teaching high school geometry, but I'll have my choice. That's fantastic. Are you on LinkedIn? Yes. All right. He is. Ian, it's MacDonald, M-A-C. M-A-C, M-A-C yes. M-A-C, Donald. So, Ian yeah. MacDonald. Ian, thank you so much for being a guest on the Learner Podcast. If you want to connect with Ian, look him up on LinkedIn. He's He is there. Uh, don't know how free and how much extra time he has, but I would guess it's probably the best place for people to connect with you if yeah. you're looking to connect. Um, you have tuned in to the Learn Us Podcast. We thank you if you made it this far. If you like what we're doing, what we're spitting, and what we're putting out, all we ask is that you share it, that you give us a five-star review, that you subscribe on YouTube, um, and tell one or two other people that you think would benefit from contact like content like this to tune in as well. He is Ian. I'm Dio. That's all the time we have for you today. But we'll catch you next